Welcome to the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 41. Before we begin this podcast about open world gaming, we got some few items to get out of the way. So, big news this week, guys. We finally got word on when we'll be receiving Overwatch um, to most all consoles, basically PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And it will be on May 24th, so we finally have a confirmed date to when we'll be all be able to play together in the Blizzard's new uh, Overwatch. However, there is also some stuff that is to be known. There is going to be an open beta test, or a stress test, rather. Yeah. That's going to be coming on the 5th. However, the 5th is basically it's going to go from the 5th to the 9th, and it's going to be open to everyone who is going to purchase the game or wants to purchase the game. However, if you pre-order the game, you get to jump on like two days earlier. Yeah. So that means you can jump on like May 3rd. Th- yeah, you can jump on basically May 3rd and 4th before everyone else. And then when the 5th hits... That's when everyone else can jump on and join you with you. So if you pre-order the game, you can jump on early. So, yeah, Surge, Greg, we played it at we played it at PAX East. Um, oh yeah, we did. Yeah. So I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but I I mean, yeah, the division is out. Division is great, but I have a feeling that um, Overwatch is gonna take over once that comes out. What do you guys think? Oh man, I can't I can't wait. And I was actually reading uh, an article somewhere on the internet that uh, has been saying they've been adding more skins in. So, like, more merit-based, uh, I guess, like, achievement or whatever. Whatever you do, you can earn skins and stuff like that to better customize your character, which I'm all about. But what was interesting is that, I guess, at first, it was supposed to be, like, just color variations and stuff. Hmm. And uh, now it's, like, the most ridiculous shit. Now it's, like, American, like, American flag shit and just, like, all this kind of stuff that doesn't belong in-game but just looks awesome. And well, I, I'm wondering how it always starts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like that slippery slope where it's just like instead of like him being orange, it's green and then blue. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we can make him red, white and blue. And then we can make him the French hats. flag. And then we can make him, <laughs> you know, look like a character from Bastion. And then we can do, you know, so I'm super pumped about it. I cannot wait for this game. I'm so pumped. It's coming on consoles. So I don't have to worry about trying to scrounge up the cash to buy if you're like, if your computer can handle it. <laughs> exactly. Mine, mine cannot. I know that right now. Uh, and I really want to stream it too. And I know, I know for a fact, like if there's even like an inkling of a chance that my computer could run Overwatch, it could not stream and then run Overwatch at the same time. Yeah, I was I was super excited that they released the um, they're releasing the game on consoles because much to the PC master grace uh, chagrin, mm. <laughs> everyone will be able to enjoy it now. And you know, it, it's funny because I have friends who are you know PC lords or whatever, and friends who are console players, and people who are PC lords are like, "Am I good? Why? Like, how dare they put it in? Put it in consoles? Am I good?" I'm like, dude, I have friends who only play on PC. They don't have really good rigs they have computers but they don't really care about putting a pc together but now they can actually play with me and us and it's a great thing and some of them who were not even interested at first are like wait what is this game oh wait that looks cool huh i think i think i'll uh, i think i'll pick that up boom and, and, more and money who made it who made it the guy exactly the guy from blizzard what's that <laughs> make a little game called diablo world of warcraft hmm. i have a couple of my one of my buddies actually one of my coworkers that he because it's Blizzard, he's actually upset. It's gonna be on the consoles. He's like, no, Blizzard should be strictly PC and only be on PC. And it's like, but it's a first-person shooter. It makes sense for it to be on everything, just not on the computer. You know, it's a first-person fucking shooter. Well, you it know? depends. I mean, um, I mean, 
computers, you could argue, have an advantage. If, if you were to have someone who was on a computer versus someone on a console, you have a lot quicker of a reaction in the interface on a PC versus a controller just because uh, of the layout and using a mouse versus using an analog stick. So people who are very competitive might be like, no, I need to have a mouse and keyboard or it's not worth my time. Yeah, that, that's not me because I, I am I guess that makes accurate. sense. I don't I'm know. less accurate like, on a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, likewise. Like, yeah, when we were like when we were testing it out at PAX last year, all I could think of was, God, I wish I had an Xbox controller in my hand right now to do this. I'd be doing a lot better. I know. I, I'm right there with you guys. Whenever I play any like, like Skyrim or whatever, I always plug in a controller. I, ca- I could never handle playing a, uh, a computer game that's like a first-person shooter or whatever without a controller. Mm, I yeah. still haven't played Chivalry that much because I can't use a controller in it, and it and it's uh, bums me out. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's one of those things, too, where it's like Blizzard is starting to branch out into consoles, right? Like, they haven't put StarCraft on there because, you know, this would be the worst decision ever. Like, RTS is on a console? No fucking thank you. But Diablo has made its appearance on consoles for quite some time now. And I actually, and so I own Diablo on PC and on PlayStation 4, and I actually prefer the PlayStation 4 version because of the extra mechanics they add in, but what that controller offers you. And I'm not getting lost with, you know, holding on the shift key and doing this, and then I'm pressing the wrong skill menu or whatever. And you could say, yeah, you know, I could just train myself a little bit better, or I could just use, I don't know, a controller. Where things aren't as easy to get mixed <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm I'm super pumped for it. And then there's there's actually No Man's Sky coming up too. Uh, three oh, days before that game looks so good. Big breath on that one. Well, what's interesting too, just to to be really quickly, you didn't hear us wrong. Overwatch is coming out on the 24th, which is not a Tuesday. So that's usually video game Tuesday, right? Is that like a thing? 25th, is that kind of like 25th. a comic book Wednesday sort of thing? Yeah, so video game... Is it Wednesday, Dave? Well, no, no, for comic books, it's always Wednesday. Right, yeah. But, comic books yeah. are Wednesday. Video games are usually two Tuesdays. Movies are Fridays. That's so interesting. I wonder why that is. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just very interesting. It's coming out on... That's a Wednesday, actually, right? You were saying, Dave? Or third? It is a Tuesday. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I don't know what day anything is. What are you talking about, Greg? Oh my God, where are we going? <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Don't listen to me. Console's dead. Leave it alone. Give it up, no, man. Over- Overwatch. Overwatch. That's what it is. Over. Uh, not Overwatch. Uh, no Man's Sky is coming out on the 21st. So that's not a, a Tuesday. I knew one of them wasn't a Tuesday. <laughs> it, I just well, got to mix up. No Man's up. Sky. I, that I'm. I'm. I'm really, really interested to to actually see people play the game because for a game yeah. that's so hyped we've seen so little of, of actual gameplay we've had all we've had all of these promises and that's how every every fable has always crashed and burned are all these amazing promises like oh you're gonna be able to throw a rock in, in a fountain and you'll see the ripples like yeah sure whatever and and then you can't so like no man's sky it sounds so promising like procedurally generated planets like that's yeah. that's, that's so cool and i desperately want to believe it's gonna be everything we think it's gonna be, but I don't know. I, I'm, I've just been so I've burned, been burned so many times and with the, to these promises. Add to that, I was wrong. It is the 24th, Greg. You were correct there, sir. 
Yeah, I just didn't know the 24th was not on Tuesday. So <laughs> there between the two been, of us, we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. There actually have been a, a couple of different demos that, that they've done. I mean, if it actually is procedural, we don't know that confirmed yet. But from what they showed us, it looks like you, um, from the demo, you know, quote unquote playing, they were going from planet to planet, you know, and it, it looked pretty cool because you were out in space. You can fly down into the planet, explore and everything, and then fly out of it. And there's also stuff to do among the stars, you you know, there are other. It seems like it seems like a one gameplay demo. There was like another faction that was out there. Um, there were other players that you saw. It looks really interesting. So, and in, like, I'm inclined to, to believe that, but like again, aliens, colonial marines happened, and that and that had all. No, aliens, <laughs> colonial marines. Why would that you say never that? Happened. I'm just saying it totally did. Where you had that beautiful quote unquote gameplay, and then the game came out, and it was just complete ass. From the tra- yeah. so, from the um, some of what we've seen for No Man's Sky, I feel like that's what Destiny should have been. From what I've seen, I like, wouldn't even say Destiny. I would just say like that's what like a space exploration game should be. Like Destiny was definitely more action packed, and this one I think yeah, No I Man's guess. Sky has the danger of being boring because I I don't know what kind of yeah there's that or too. In there, you know, <laughs> like it, it's one thing to go. It, it's super exciting to go from alien world to alien world to alien world, but like, what do you do once you get there? You know, True. <laughs> like we don't really know. You just sort of like do. walk around. Oh, look, aliens! Uh, bye, peace. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, look at these cool little things, and then all right, I'm gonna go see what's over in Delta Twelve. There you was know? that one game. Um, it wasn't like a it wasn't uh, a 3D game. It was like a side scroller. What was it called? Not not Terraria, but it was the same people. Um, Starbound. Starbound. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. something like that could 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 be what it is you know where you just sort of like craft and get and get the better materials and build like your own headquarters and get a better ship yeah i kind of i kind of hope it's not like that though because those games only hold my attention for but so long at the same time though with a procedurally generated like seemingly limitless game what really can they have that's perpetual like can they 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 could do something like spore uh where you have like this this um i guess uh overarching threat of these highly aggressive aliens that are always going to be spreading and it's kind of like your duty to, to stop them what yeah. are they called spore yeah Forgot. well because we know how well spore was received yeah <laughs> right. was an interesting I game fun. though i mean it yeah it, it had some elements there but i think it was rushed in the end right i mean i, I it feels like that i, I really want to say it was rushed in the end because it kind of yeah they had an expansion and everything but it still wasn't as uh, it's also the ea way though yeah, yeah. It, it really is and i don't know why they, they keep doing that it just it hasn't worked, but they're like, oh, let's let's rush this one too. Let's get the money. Yeah, to be fair, I had I had a pretty good time with Spore. I just I played as these giant dinosaurs and I just invaded planets. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah. Um, speaking also, of space exploration, uh, Amber, I know you have something you want to bring up. Yeah. Also, this week uh, we learned about the upcoming Han Solo comic. It's going to be released in June by Marvel. It's being written by Marjorie Liu and illustrated by Mark Brooks. It takes place between A New Hope and Empire, and so Hooray. we're going to see Han, yeah, Han and Chewie. They're taking, well, they're performing a secret operation for the rebels under cover of a thousand-year-old race, uh, where they are going to try to pick up these uh, rebel informants that are that need to get out of this hostile territory, and they're using the race as a way to to have reason to be in that area where the planets are like lined up. Hmm. Uh, the thing is that this race has is is 
super important to Han. It's been his dream to take part in it his whole life. And this is earlier in his in the movies, uh, the original trilogy. Mm. So he's not the hero that we know from The Force Awakens. He's oh, still wrestling. Four episode uh. four. Yeah, so he's wrestling with that ego uh, of that that smuggler, you know, shooting first personality that he has. And this is this isn't this isn't just any old race. This is like the race for him. So he he is is battling his his um his heroism and his ego, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it, how it plays out. Um, the writer described it as uh, I know it's not the writer. Wow, uh, the um, the artist described his aesthetic he was using as a speed racer in in space. So he it's going to be very much um, a a race oriented series, but it's going to have this extra layer of of secrecy and and and, and danger to it. And I'm super excited because it's something that we really haven't seen yet in star wars we always we have you know like the fighting the empire or fighting fighting the evil whatever here but it, we don't really have the setting and it's and i'm a huge fan as you guys know of, of marjorie lou's work with like x23 astonishing x-men monstrous so uh I'm, I'm really interested to see how she how she tackles this what do you guys think how awesome would it be if <laughs> han solo had a long lost brother who was long thought dead and was in this race and also, there's a <laughs> monkey who helps. No, no, <laughs> no. It's just like a direct ripoff of no. just Speed Racer. <laughs> no, Greg, bad Greg, bad. That bad would be Greg. awesome. That was it was clever, but that was horrible. You his bad. Name, his name would be Pan Duo. Pan Duo. Uh, uh, oh no! Oh no! Uh, oh no! You're <laughs> reaching. Oh, <laughs> I would like to see though is. Han Solo go back to like his like racing roots being the fastest in the galaxy because yeah he's a smuggler but his fame to claim is how fast he can do shit yeah and to see like that drag racing mentality come back or at least see him in that soul drag racing mentality would be kind of nice or or he loses the race to Lando and Lando goes you never had your ship uh huh I see what I did there no <laughs> some fast and furious for you yeah, yeah. Okay, you can proceed. Well, yeah. No, I, I mean, Greg. I, no. Looking for the Greg <laughs> eject button. Where is it? Uh, I know there's one I, here. I uh, here it is. It. Ha! No! It worked. No, but, it worked. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how how the uh, the rivalry that uh, that they explained too. The one of the uh, participants in the race is actually one part of the alien species that created the the whole competition in the first place and it's her last time participating so this is like a huge deal for her to win this but she's also very much interested in in Hans in Hans business with the race he 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 he's I'm not sure we don't know the reasons yet but he's done something to earn her attention and so like so on top of on top of this <laughs> this crazy important mission and this this ego he's battling, he also has has a rivalry with the racer of the competition. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I mean, I, I think it's definitely very different, but I think that's that's one of the reasons why it's it's so uh, interesting to me is is how unique it is. Yeah, that'll probably be the first comic I read of Marjorie Lou's, so I'm pretty pumped for it. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about picking up some other stuff, but now that this is happening. And Han Solo <laughs> is not dead in this one. I might as well start off on a strong foot. 
Right, and I, and I think it's like the Han that everyone everyone let likes go. to talk like, about just, too. It, yeah, it's it's it kind of where he's still a scheming jerk, you know. But he's at the end of the day, he's still working with Chewie, working with the rebels. He he, he knows his allies, and and I, I want I want to see him be a badass all the way through. Oh sure. And speaking of badass all the way through, uh, today we got treated to the newest Captain America Civil War oh, trailer. Oh my god! My I, knew. I am so excited. I bet people are listening, being like. Being like, are they going to talk about like, it? Are they going to talk? Yeah. Are they? Are they? I don't know. Uh, dude. Uh, <laughs> so fucking I think cool. I watched the trailer three times in a row. Then I watched the last ten seconds three times in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, for the thing for me, and just kind of skipping to the meat and potatoes of it, I don't know how I feel about the Spider-Man suit. I know that's, like, it's really, like, it's it's fairly accurate and it looks like touches up. And it's not the touches up that I'm, like, I'm kind of iffy about. I'm the big fan of the big eye Spider-Man mask, you know? Like uh, Mark Bagley from Ultimate Spider-Man, really kind of put in there. Yeah, I still, yeah, I still like it, the original costume. It was weird the that like uh, it's it's animated, which where David and I were talking about that about ta- about channel um off channel, and it doesn't look too bad, but it's definitely jarring jarring at first because like we know it's a costume, but why is he able to squint like that? Because I mean, they did it in Deadpool, but with Deadpool, it was more subtle. With this, it's like. The huge white part of the mask, like, yeah. was really, really big, like you know, Spider Man is, and then when he kind of squinted, it went down. It's like, wait a minute, what the hell? See, I really watched that, that scene a number of times, and I can tell you that there was a, a clear robotic sound. Yeah. So I think yeah. that Tony Stark made the suit for him, and it has some sort of crazy high tech facial recognition, so that people can see his expressions when he's when when he when he's like under the mask anyway. Yeah, that's, that's my theory. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds about accurate. I was watching it uh, on my... So I watched it, like, at work today on my phone. And the phone's a nice, you know, 6+, plus, but it's not, like, a giant screen. And I remember seeing some some pictures not too long ago, maybe maybe six, seven months ago, uh, that had just, like, this weird mechanism that looked like it could have been Spider-Man's eye. And it looked like it was contract, it could contract and, and expand and stuff like that. Then I watched it on my TV when I got home. And you can definitely see in his eyes, there's like almost like a like a fold or something that allows that to happen. Mm. Uh, watch it again on a large screen in 1080p. And it definitely becomes more obvious that it's, it's a Tony Stark uh, addition to the costume. Which makes me kind of hopeful. Like I'm kind of hoping we see like a, a, I don't know, a high school kid made version of the costume too. Well, here's going off like what you said about how you're kind of iffy, iffy about the uh, the costume. Yeah. Um, I I think that since that Stark made it for him, it was he was very very like last minute in the middle of of an Avengers Civil War, so yeah. he really didn't have the time to to make it look all perfect. And he was like, okay, give me what you got. What do you, what do you want it to look like? And he hands him this this really <laughs> shittily created um, yeah, yeah, yeah. costume. It and he's looks, like, okay, I can work with it. <laughs> it looks like a bad Halloween costume to me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, but it, it just it does. Also, it also kind of reminds me of the um, that really, really badly animated uh, Spider-Man cartoon you always see captions for online. Oh, oh the yeah, sixties version yeah. with, with yeah. the small, small eyes. Seventies version. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I like the huge eyes, in all honesty, and that's why I think I liked um, Garfield Spider-Man a lot because it, it was closer to that look, especially in the second movie. He had like the big ass eyes, and it was just really cool. Um, yeah, the voice sounds like the really good, though. Costumes. His voice is just like on point. You know, it was perfect. Oh my god, I was yeah. re- I was really like worried that I was like, okay, please be good. Please oh really? Be good. I I don't care for for the voice. I can tell really? that it's a different actor, and it's not because me. I'm used to like the the '90s Spider-Man, and yeah. and uh, Neil Patrick Harris came close to mimicking that voice. 
But uh, this, I can. It definitely sounds like a different person. Well, it doesn't sound like Spider Man to me. Well, he's I supposed see, to be like sixteen well, too. He is because in, in the comics when he got bit, it was it was at a high school yeah. field trip. Yeah. Where he got bitten by a spider. It was only later on that he that he ended up becoming this this scientific prodigy where he where he like owns. I mean, I mean, this might be uh, this isn't the main series. This is the Doctor Octopus Spider where he has his yeah, own yeah. like building and everything. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, no, because it, it, just how comics work, you know, characters age, or in the Marvel universe, they age very slowly. Sure. Well, I don't know about you guys, but to me, like Neil Patrick Harris in the '90s Spider-Man doesn't sound like a grown man. If that's what you're getting at, like, no, to me, well, that, no, no, to me no. that, that they sound like a younger person. So right, but the like '90s Spider-Man man. sounded like a grown man. Is it not this point really? Not not to me. To oh, you he, guys, sounded like, he sounded like a late, like at the very least, a late late teens or like early twenties for me. Yeah, but I think yeah. for me, and I know this is going to be blasphemous to say, but I think for me, the quintessential uh, Spider-Man voice was actually spectacular Spider-Man. I thought that pretty much nailed the tone. And that was actually pretty good. That was, that a was really, a really good fantastic. Version. Like the animation yeah. style and that, how fluid everything was. Yeah, oh, I, I, I kind of like that. But yeah, this one, uh, man, he's like, hi, everybody. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't sound confident. He sounds like a little bitch. Like, I don't yeah, know. I, he's I, he's I probably like that, just though. become Spider-Man. Because yeah, that's, that's the whole, in the comics, that's how they justify why he's such like an asshole to, to all of his, his villains. He, he teases them to take off some of the, of the burden of of of, of, the, of the of the deadly situation he puts himself in every day. It's his way to kind of like make light of this of this crazy fear he's feeling. Well, I mean, he, he did that. I mean, Patrick Harris nailed it. Uh, the spectacular Spider-Man guy nailed it, and he sounded like like a little kid more more than anything else. Oh, yeah. This guy yeah. sounds I don't know. Like uh, God, I I know what they're getting at. Maybe he just became a Spider-Man, but like this looks like Spider-Man. You yeah. know, even if he's supposed to be young, he's just like hi everyone. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> I, I re- I rewound it like ma- I watched it many times. And yeah, it's just yeah, like that too. does not that dog doesn't hunt. For well, me. I mean, and, and to be yeah. fair too, if they're gonna take anything out of the '90s Spider-Man uh, cartoon, is that Captain America is his idol, right? Mm. And or or even Iron Man, if you go the other route, like if you go more uh, classic MCU, Iron Man is someone he really looks up to. So if they do both of that, you have both of your like you know both the guys you're looking up to that are gods amongst men, right? Right next to you. Yeah. You know, plus, in the uh, in Civil War, uh, Spider-Man ended up aligning with Tony Stark. He had, he was one of the first people, one sure. of the first uh, like big name heroes to reveal his identity. Um, and then he got became a, the Iron Spider, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, that ended didn't end well, and then one more day happened. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and then they undid the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, what's the crazy spoiler from... for people who are just like, I don't know what happened. Spoiler alert. Well, that's 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 probably not going to happen in all honesty. Yeah, no. The thing is, like, this is a the movie Civil War is very different than the comic book Civil War. I feel like, like I I said this before, but I think in the future they're going to have like the actual Civil War event in the comics portrayed in the movies, but just call it something different. Yeah, I mean, it it has as much to do with Civil War, the comic book, as Age of Ultron had to do with the Age of Ultron story. Yeah, which was like. (laughs) Time traveling back, killing Hank Pym. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> that totally happened, right? I remember the that only scene. thing that was similar in the two movies is that Ultron was there. Yeah, <laughs> like that's it. So you and think well, no, this well, movie no, won't have the Ultron same Ultron wasn't outcome? even there in the comics. It was it was Ultron drones. Ultron never appeared. Oh yeah, you're in right. The, you're right. Yeah. In Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, I think Civil War will have similar themes. It already it has already kind of started that way. Um, but it's more of a, I would say, it feels like a lover's spat uh, than the actual yeah. giant event that Civil War was. And yeah. even if they unmask really Spider-Man, what, what, Dave? It does seem like a lover's spat. It's like just they're gonna like slap fight each other and at the end be like, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, hug, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's totally. It, it doesn't feel in like grandiose scale. And if Spider Man does unmask himself, it's gonna lose all purpose because we've just met the goddamn guy. Like, I don't think anyone's gonna care if he unmasks himself or not. Like, we have no reason, like, other than I am Peter Parker. Who? Who? That's who I, I am. <laughs> It'll be like the you? Justice League episode. Did you guys see that? The Justice League episode, Unlimited, Lex where Luther Lex Luthor... Luthor... Flash's body. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, oh, well, at least I get to know the Flash's secret identity. Takes off his mask, looks in the mirror. I have no idea who this is. That's the next <laughs> back. Oh, that was great. Thanks, you know, I can finally find out who the Flash is. Takes it up. I have no idea who this is. That was great. <laughs> it was so perfect. Um... Other things, too, uh, as I was rewatching it, because I tried not to just focus on Spider-Man, uh, Black mm-hmm. Panther looks really cool, like how he I moves. was just going to say, There's a scene where he's taking the bullets, and he's like, whatever. Yeah. T'Challa doesn't play, man. Like, he looks so <laughs> killer. I love that he's going up against the Winter Soldier. Oh, my God. Just, ah. Uh. Which his costume really looks, cool his costume too. looks amazing. Like he's gonna be a powerful I, character. But I was I reading on, on some of the forums, and and there was that scene where you see the uh, that like, that UN looking room, kind of like that, that bomb go off there, mm-hmm. and uh, and people were saying that it, it might be that might be why Black Panther is with Tony Stark. He was like speaking at the UN when when it, the bomb goes off. Oh sure, yeah. Oh. I was saying something similar to Surge. I think you're gonna pull like a Batman v Superman, where it's like in Batman vs Superman. Batman comes back because he was in Metropolis or in the city when, like, they were fighting. Yeah. In the trailer, they show him, like, out of his suit on the ground with rubble around him. I think it's going to be something very similar where he's a billionaire also. He gets up and sees this battle. He's like, well, I should be a hero too. And he, or maybe he'll come back from being a hero and throws on, like, the costume and goes into battle and joins Tony Stark. I think they're going to do something very similar where maybe he was already established and stopped being a hero and then becomes a hero again. Or becomes a hero because of this to stop the Avengers from doing this shit again, I think. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, also, they went, They had that one scene where they were going through all of the uh, the ruined cities from that were that were involved in Avengers fights. Um, they didn't mention, like, all of them. I remember some people were complaining they didn't mention, like, London from uh, Thor 2. But um, one of the cities that got screwed over in Age of Ultron was located, at least I think it's implied that it's located in Wakanda, which is the Black nice. Panther's country. So the Hulk... Yeah, that was in uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, the Hulk laid waste to to a huge portion of his city. Sure. So yeah. even if the UN thing doesn't happen, he has reason to to want more control with with superhero actions. Now, was the Hulk in the Civil War? I don't remember. Um, the Hulk I think was in space at the time. Because I know he's it was one he was one of the reasons why it happened because he went ape ship. I don't remember if he was. Well, in no, it. no, no, no. In in um in uh, oh, are we talking about the comics? Or are we talking about uh, the movie? I was talking about the comics. In the comics, I think I think the Hulk it, might have been in space at the time. Yeah, the Hulk was in space. So at that point, the Illuminati, uh, which was comprised of Black Bolt, Professor Xavier, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, and Namor, I believe, uh, were just like he's too he's too dangerous. Launch him into space. So he was yeah, on his up. way. <laughs> yeah, so he was keep either on his way until... or already at. Planet Hulk at that point. Yeah, also you have to keep in mind, up until recently in the comics, the Hulk was never someone that people really trusted. He was kind of like always this like like a werewolf. Right. He yeah. was he was a great guy, but when he changed, like he he was just a monster. And and you just had to like hope you unless he was like Grey Hulk, but that's a different story. Yeah. Well think <laughs> um, think more like uh the Incredible Hulk movie in the beginning in that soda factory where it's just terrifying and he's in the shadows and he's just throwing shit. And you don't know what the fuck is going on. That was people's perception of the Hulk, not the lovey-dovey Hulk. Go smash, 
kind of thing like that. So he was running from the law. He shaved his head at one point. It was crazy. Um, but to get kind of more on point, the reason, and we'll talk about this more as we get close to Civil War, but the reason why it happened in the comics is because there was a super bat, superhero fight between uh, the New Warriors and some, like, D-list villains, right? Well, no, so, it was a Nitro. And, uh, yeah. And like, they were in Stanford, Connecticut. Yep. And the New Warriors, I mean, do you, do you want me to go into it now, or should we save well, it? Well, just, just very briefly, well, no, so what like, happened, I know, Dave? I, I know that part. Like, I read that part, but I remember, yeah. like, yeah. When, I, when they were, like, all meeting at the Avengers Tower... That was like one well, of the so final final straw, tension. but there was stuff that happened before that. Where like Hulk going ape shit. Cause I think it was World War Hulk before that, and oh, Wolverine did that? something also, which caused them to like, oh, well, this is like well, the last straw. Because Hulk did this, Wolverine did this. Again? There was the secret. There was the secret. Um, secret warriors where they they suspected Latverio was up to something, and they and they did an illegal. They illegally invaded um, Latveria, and so then they got they got discovered there. But then there was. But then there was a uh, another bill that was already up for debate in Congress. That was a re a remake of of an old me- a bill that was I think appeared in X Men, where they were going to regulate mutants, and it didn't pass. But then uh, this new bill was going to be more uh, um, vague and incorporate anyone with superpowers or any vigilante, and people were against it. And while this discussion is going on, Tony Stark was actually working uh, closely with Captain America, trying to trying to stop this bull from happening. He was the Avengers' voice at, in Congress. Um, but then, but then finally, there's this, there's this video that appeared online. And it was, there was this team called the New Warriors, and it had a bunch of D-list characters like Speedball, um, namely Speedball. <laughs> yeah. And um, and what ended up happening was they were they were recording their their superhero adventures and posting them on, on YouTube trying to get like views. It was like, it was like their thing it was their show. Like, Oh, watch us like kick ass. Um, and they were fighting a villain that was, that, that shouldn't have been a big deal. He, he, his name was Nitro. He could like make explosions, but he was, he wasn't too powerful, but he was souped up on some like mutant growth hormone. So his powers were like, were multiplied like a thousand fold. So, and he's like tripping out. So he's not, he's not even with it. So, um, eventually Speedball and the team are about to apprehend him, and he just looks to them and goes, like, you're in way over your head, and he just, and he just goes all out and releases a huge shot. It pretty much nukes Stanford, Connecticut, and it wipes out a huge, huge portion of, of the town. And, uh, Which includes and an, that, an elementary school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was at the epicenter. And yeah. um, like, tons of people died, and that was kind of the, the the straw that broke the camel's back. After that, it was just like rushed through. Iron Man was like, "Yo, Captain, like this isn't gonna this this shit can't fly. Like I ha- I, I you can't look at this and and think that this is okay. We need to stop this from happening again. I'm pushing for the bill." Yeah, and actually, and there's a funny little side note to that too. Um, the writer Mark Millar kept on trying to like figure out a reason why tony would care so much not just from that massacre but from other things so he kept on trying to give foggy uh not foggy fucking what's his name happy he kept on trying to give happy hogan a kid that died in there that would make (laughs) tony like care but the editor kept on being like yeah like (laughs) the editor kept on being like returning the revisions i guess being like happy doesn't have a kid do it again (laughs) <laughs> oh my god and he just kept on doing it and then finally like, you know he's just like whatever he just you know cares about this like school even though it's not really within tony stark's character but like who wouldn't care about this like travesty and this this tragedy that happened but it, i thought that was kind of funny where you you can if you get like the i guess the super collector's edition of the civil war trade it's on there like the super hard cover that costs a lot of money 
uh, one of my buddies was telling me that though. I thought that was pretty funny. It's just like, no, he doesn't exist. Stop giving the kid a stop giving the guy a kid. Move on. I hate that too because like uh, Kevin Smith has all these like YouTube videos where he talks about Hollywood and how they keep trying to do stuff like that, and he's just like, what? It, like, no, he doesn't. Like, uh, what was it when he was writing um, for the Superman movie? Yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah. the one that he didn't get to write for, but he started off doing the one that really wasn't. We're not going to talk about. Anyway, uh, yeah, he was doing it um, with a director that really didn't get Superman. He was just like, oh, I don't want him to fly, but it's Superman. He has he has to fly. Nope, don't want it. Also, he's going to battle battle a giant spider. Wait, <laughs> what? what? Why is that? Targaryen war beast. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. He was like, okay, so it's not a spider. It's a Thanagarian snare beast. Thanagarian snare beast. Snare beast right. and, the, and the director was like, yes, it's good. Let's use that. And it was just so ridiculous. He kept going down. That this director was crazy, and like, oh, yeah. people in Hollywood are nuts. And Kevin Smith was like, I don't understand. This guy doesn't want him to fly. He doesn't. He wants him to fight, fight a spider. Uh, I renamed it to Thanagarian snare beast. He wanted all this stuff, but this is not. What? It doesn't make any sense. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that, you know, hearing stuff like that, oh yeah, you know, we want it to be like this and you know, oh no, he doesn't have a son. Yeah. No, but he has a son though. And then uh we'll make another Transformers and then uh, what? Hollywood's crazy, dude. But uh <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um long story short, uh this this movie looks I- exciting. Um yeah. I've seen a couple of things on the internet and uh <laughs> I was talking to um uh one of my buddies about this off channel where it's like, okay, we have T'Challa, we have Black Panther, but it's like, are they killing off Rhodey? Did, uh, did are they showing that in the trailer that no, like, yeah, I, I, don't I don't think I don't think they're gonna the kill him. I think no. that's a uh, uh, red herring. I, someone's supposed to die in this. I heard a rumor that it's gonna be uh the Scarlet Witch. I don't know how. What? No, is. she oh, better cool. not. Okay, because uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So someone for sure is gonna die. I'm hoping it's like it's Steve Rogers, um, just just for like dramatic effect, uh-huh. right? It's the third movie. That it's also his... makes sense in yeah, the story last as far movie. as as far as because yeah. uh, because uh, what was age? But, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember. It's the person who we saw in Winter Soldier, uh, who's like who was like at the apartment, the uh, shield agent. Oh, her, like, yeah, yeah. Sharon. Oh no, that's Sharon her. Carter. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm kind of she, hoping it's the Olsen because she doesn't really. I don't. No, 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 I don't, no, no, I don't no. think in, she's in the, in the comics. In the comics, at the end of Civil War, yeah, Sharon um, Olsen walks up to him. Uh, 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 Sharon like, Carter, sorry. She's like she's brainwashed by um by by what's that guy's name? Someone in Hydra, right? Yeah, yeah. And I always goes back to Hydra, <laughs> and and I think it was that guy. It might have been that the guy who uh, using um, using the ring uh, that we saw in a uh, in a. Uh, in Agent Carter, at least that might be how they spin it, but uh, she had a like a subliminal message implanted in her, so that when eventually when when she had a had a shot to to kill Captain America and then and then like immediately forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that would make the most sense too because they're really putting a lot of emphasis on Bucky on this one, uh, who ends up in the comics at least taking up the mantle of Captain America after he is shot. Uh, and they also have, they've been focusing a lot on Falcon, who is the current Captain America. So what I'm hoping, and I kind of want to end off on this, but oh. what I'm what I'm hoping happens is that Captain America is shot or killed or, or presumed dead or something like that. And we get Bucky. Uh, I'm hoping for Bucky, but I'd, I'd settle for Falcon because I do like uh, what the, what, what's his name is doing with the character, uh, Anthony Mackie. But, um, oh, really? Uh, I, I could care less about the Falcon. I see, I didn't like Falcon until Anthony Mackie, because he kind of made him a little more relatable. Hmm. Like, he's the everyman next to Captain America, you know? And yeah, I never he, got that he, he, he was good in, in Winter Soldier, just, like, being, like, his pal. And he's like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if you come down to the barracks, you know, some of the guys. Would, you know, like, he made it really, like, down to earth. But yeah. as a hero, I'm just like, eh, whatever. I mean, always, Falcon as a hero, no one really hears. That's, that's like, one of the few Disney Infinity characters I don't actually have, and I don't want 
<laughs> um, no interest whatsoever in that one. But anyways, the um, I think either or would be cool. But imagine this. So we, we are without Steve Rogers for a very long time. A couple movies, you know, we're going to have Doctor Strange, Guardian, like all the stuff. We don't see Steve Rogers. Uh, and we're assuming that Bucky is Captain America. And imagine what happens in Infinity Wars when Ooh. they all pair up and Steve Rogers shows up in his classic duds to join the team. And he's the one that, like, turns the tide of battle or something like that. Or Thanos brings her back as a minion. Or that, yeah. Dun, zombie, dun, dun, dun. zombie, zombie cap. Yeah. <laughs> zombie cap. Zombie cap. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. By the way, so in the, in the trailer, we, uh, this is one thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, we saw this, this big building in a stormy sea. Was that the raft? Oh, I don't know. It could be. Because if that's the raft, that's crazy. Because they brought up when they were saying we need we need what new means, and it showed the inside, and it looked like there was a bunch of, of holding cells. And so that could could they be starting up the raft to hold supervillains and and uh, untrustworthy heroes? Mm. Is that what it is? Oh, it's just like an Alcatraz for like the superpower. Yeah, villains. it's like yeah. it's like in the middle of the fucking ocean. And <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's fucking crazy. That's, all the, that's, that's where they uh, that's where they stored um, Carnage and Purple Man in the in the comics. Oh, yeah. the, that's that's, that's probably comics. exactly what that is. Because like when in uh in the next shot it goes into it looks like the interior and it looks like a bunch of holding cells. So I was like, okay, those are for super powered people because it's in the ocean. It's like this crazy maximum security thing. It's gotta be. It's gotta be for that. Yeah, and, and it could also be. I mean, they can incorporate it into the uh, the Netflix TV show because if I recall, I'm pretty sure um, Luke Cage. Uh, ha- leads Luke the Cage. Thunderbolts out of the raft. He, he he like they pick out some of like the worst villains there, like mm-hmm. uh, like Juggernaut and so on. And uh, and uh, he's like, okay, you guys can work off your sentence if you follow me and don't kill people and help people out. <laughs> so that's Marvel's version of uh, the Asylum. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. And the, the Thunderbolts is like their tax, Task Force X Suicide Squad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Interesting. Alright everyone, that's all the news we have to get out of the way for this coming week. Let's uh, start the podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome one and all to the Bad Kitty Funky Podcast, issue number 41. Today we're talking about open world gaming... Oh uh, yeah. On today's podcast, we've got Adam Bomb Amber. Kaboom. Brewster Greg. Kaboom. Bearded Menace Dave. <laughs> Boom. Sergio, how are you guys doing, everyone? <laughs> What's going on? Issue number 41. Talking about things we like. <laughs> so to start this off about open world gaming, because we have yeah. a bunch of open world games that we've played and some new ones that we're playing now, like The Division. The Division, um, which best is, game ever. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> but before we get into any of that fun stuff, uh, I want to ask you guys, um, hmm, what, what's the, one of the first open world games that you've ever lost yourself in? Because uh, as we are gamers, we lose ourselves in the immersion of these games because... I have a buddy who who's nameless. Uh, his wife doesn't necessarily like games, but uh, one day she sat down with him while he was playing a great game called Red Dead Redemption, mm. and uh, oh. she and she asked a, a wonderful, amazing question that I think a couple of us have heard. So she sat down and said, "What are you watching?" 
And he said, I'm not watching, I'm playing. <laughs> and she said, wait, this is a game? <laughs> but Mind there's, blown. Yeah, but there's, like, uh, what? It's not like, you know, Super Mario and shit, oh my god. You know, because I guess people who aren't gamers are like, oh my god, why are you gaming? Like, Super Mario is just like, whatever. But, uh, yeah, and ever since then, like, she's really, really taken to gaming and wants him to get more stuff. And she watched him play, supposedly she watched him play The Last of Us with a bowl of popcorn, which is the most amazing thing ever. And that's what's so amazing about, like, open world games. It's really, like, it's what you make of it. It, It's the, whoever's playing it is, it's, it's their, it's their experience. So, so if you're watching someone play an open world game... And you pick up that same game, you're gonna have your own experience. You're gonna have your own your own way events unfold, you know. And <laughs> and it's so that's one of the things that's so enticing about it. For sure, yeah, yeah. So uh, so what was the first open world game you guys have played that you've really lost yourself into? Oh man. Um, so <laughs> for me, I was actually I watched my friend uh, playing uh, Oblivion years ago. Wow, when, Oblivion! When the 360 first came out, and, it was, and those graphics were the shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I was watching him play as his <laughs> he he was a a vampiric. Argonian assassin named the Angry Argonian. <laughs> and I just watched him stalk the shadows of Bruma <laughs> and, and just do the most ridiculous shenanigans you've ever seen. And I and after after watching him just wreak mayhem, work for the murderers guild, I was just like, I need I need to take part in this. I need to have my story. I need to ta- I need to be in this world. So I I, uh, I got the game. I made a uh, a dark elf battle mage because it was my first time. I was like magic and swords. I can do both. Damn evidently, it. evidently it's broken and it doesn't work, and you end up being terrible at both of them. But I didn't care. <laughs> you could turn the difficulty <laughs> down. So <laughs> so yeah, I just I just did quest after quest after quest. Um, I I love dragons. So. I'm so grateful that Sam didn't spoil the ending for me when you see a gigantic fuck-off dragon <laughs> obliterate Mandarin's Dagon. It was it was just such a rewarding experience. It just jumping into Oblivion Gates, it was... Oh my god, jumping into Oblivion Gate, like, that game uh... is epic. And for everyone who's who's played Skyrim and Oblivion and stuff, oh my god. But yeah, I, I love that. Oh my god, like, jumping into those Oblivion Gates and taking down the Daedric Princes. And just when they open up, like, it's sunny out, and you're just doing your thing, like, in the middle of a quest, like, maybe maybe helping a Daedric shrine out for, like, some priest or whatever, or you're helping someone find their find their cat or whatever the hell, and then just, like, lightning, thunder, like, the sky turns red, and then this red gate just appears, and your map marker lights up, and it's like... <sighs> You know, you can handle this because it's spamming out enemies. So if you don't, it's fucking coming. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) And it was good. I actually, and I'm actually, uh, I I didn't realize this, but you have a completely different experience depending on how how much you get sidetracked by side quests. Yeah, it's so good. And in Bethesda games, you can get sidetracked for hours. And it, and it changes the enemies you, you, you experience. Like my friend Sam, uh, he, uh, he's the one who showed me the game in the first place, the angry Argonian. Um, he, uh, he beat the Oblivion Gate stuff right away. He did all the, all the side quests later. Because that's his thing. He would just, he'd just pick it off one by one, you know? Um, sure. But for me, I, I handled the Oblivion Gates very, very slowly. And, and, I, and by the time I finished it, I had no idea. But I was fighting enemies he had never seen before. I was fighting these, like, giant spider woman. I was fighting these gigantic, like, Triceratops demons. Triceratops! And, yeah, or maybe the crocodile demons or whatever. Like, it was, it was, 
<laughs> I just got it that. Was I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like, Sand had never seen them because he he handled it so early. He only fought lower level enemies. But because I I I handled the I I, I did the main storyline alongside the rest of the game. I fought different enemies, and I think that that's just that was so so such like a profound realization i was like oh my god like i had a completely different experience just because i played the game differently and, and you know what's so cool about that like there, there are games that david and i have played and and greg and it's just like oh my god we, we all play at the same time we all get a game but we can all talk about different things we've done because their open world games have that kind of dynamic to them like like uh dave what was one of the the, the games that you lost yourself in uh only they've been really recent just because i went through that dark time of like not gaming um Red Dead Redemption, I would have to say, was the game first open world game I just completely lost myself in. Now, that's a great. One. I have played other game. Rockstar games that were open world. I have played Grand Theft Auto Three and Four and Vice City, which was a lot of fun. Um, but something about Red Dead Redemption just really probably because of the beautiful landscape and just how gorgeous the game was, and how you can just like sit on a mountainside and watch the sun set or sunrise mm. or Go hunting for buffalo for a little bit if you wanted to. Just like the stuff you could do, and you're a, you're an effing cowboy. You can do one of two things. You're going to be the greatest <laughs> cowboy that ever lived or the greatest outlaw that's ever lived. You have two options, you know? And somewhere mm-hmm. in between, you can do the same thing. Um, I mean, like, I do agree with you where I did – my buddy Mike was the one that got me into open-world gaming. He was playing um, Oblivion also. That's where we first start – where I first actually saw my um, anything open-world. And he had the same character – Two different characters, the same character doing two different things because of where he saved. On one side, he was a vampire, so <laughs> he'd have nightmares every night because of like I mean, the character would have nightmares every night. He'd go to bed and all this other shit. <laughs> and the other character was just your very good, solemn like paladin. They were both the same character, but he had two different save points of the same character at one point. And at one save point, he got bit by a vampire, and another one he didn't. So it's like that's where he kind of split, and like each character had its own separate adventure, that's which so I thought cool. was great. Alternate I realities. Thought about doing that. Yeah. Like I, I, I ended up trying to have two separate characters in Skyrim. Terrible idea. <laughs> but he did it. But the thing is, he did it by yeah. accident, and the events forced him to be those two different characters. He became a that's vampire. So neat. Like, that's all like, he could that's do like was a like time, timeline. You know, like that's yeah. really cool. Parallel realities. All, all he could do was do bad shit as the vampire. So it was his only choice. Being a paladin was no longer on the table anymore. He needs to and, get a mod and have have a crossover where both of his both his parallel realities meet and fight to the death. <laughs> but at the same time, with like um, especially Red Dead Redemption, like I had the option of doing that also by state being like the greatest cowboy on the east, like Clint Eastwood type of guy. And I used to tell all my friends I would play like I would love how John Marston would say stuff like when you do a side mission, he wouldn't really you were going to do it, but he would the character himself wouldn't really agree to it. He would just say stuff like maybe I will, and it's like. <laughs> it felt like a G, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe I will. Or and Sergio, I told you about this, and it was like one of the best gun battles I ever had in that game, probably even till now. Where I was doing a bounty, and I was in like the San Francisco type town. So, or no, no, I wasn't. I was in uh, Mexico. So to pick up my bounty, he was on the other side of the fucking map. So I had to go into the mountains to grab the guy. So. I grab him, I put him on the back of my horse, and I was, like, hell-bent on getting every single bounty back alive. No bounty was coming back dead. Like, if they died, I would just restart from a checkpoint and start doing it again. You were the hangman. Yeah, I was the hangman before I even knew what the (laughs) hangman was. Every bounty came back alive because, obviously, you got more for it. 
But um, <laughs> so I'm coming back, and this guy's posse keeps on gaining on me, gaining on me, gaining on me. And it's like no matter what I would do, it would come up. Finally, they kill my horse, and my horse falls on the ground. So I'm using my horse as cover as like his pot, the guy's posse keeps on coming back. Well, the guy's yelling at me, you'll be sorry, my guys are going to kill you while his posse's trying to kill me. Every single like time I killed someone, their horse would run away. And it got to the point where now the sun was like, the sun fell, the sun, sun, there was sunset. Now it was nighttime and I'm fighting these guys, still having a gun battle with these fuckers for like an hour, like through the night, like in, in the game. Finally, like I'm out of rounds. All I had was like, I think a revolver, my shotgun, not much. And like three guys are coming over the hill and it's sunrise, sunrise. And they're coming toward, they're coming at me from this, from where the sun's rising and it was like a movie. All I could see was their silhouettes, like in the yes, sun. Yes, I know in. what you're talking about. And like I'm they're like, in the posse, and like they're up on a hill, and yeah. they're on the line, and like the sun rays are coming behind them. So it looks yes. like the most epic scene. And, and they're coming at me, and I'm like, all right, I had a dead shot, like active. I'm like, this either this is gonna, either I'm gonna do this. Or this was all for nothing because I need a fucking horse and I'm out of ammo. Like all the while that epic music is playing, like yeah. old dun, school, dun, dun, like dun, western. Yeah. Dun, 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 but like the, the way they did the music, it was old school, but it had like like a new age flavor to it too. Yes. So, but so it was so like the bass really heavy, but it was just like like I felt like a western. So these guys are up on that high hill. You've got your gun. The lights are coming through. You the music's going. Dun, 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 I do dead eye, and it's like I bring my revolver out, and it's like headshot, headshot, headshot. The guys fall. The horse runs by me. I hit triangle right at the last moment, and I get on top of the horse. I'm like, oh, my God, I got the horse. I circle back around, grab my bounty, who's still yelling at me, like, caught talking shit. Bounty gets on the back of the horse. I get as much ammo as I could, and I ride straight back to town. I don't even, like, fire anyone or shoot anyone. I just ride straight into town, finish the bounty, get my money, save the game, go downstairs, use the bathroom, take a shot, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the greatest moment in my life. Nice. And what's, and what's cool is that when you take those guys down, like the way they buck off the horses and the way the horses fall too, they did such a good job with that game. It's like it's like it's like Rockstar. You know, they had their fun with GTA and stuff, but it's like they really learned from their experience of making GTA, and they made something with substance, something yeah. like really, really like uh, I don't want to say artsy, but it was like like a feature. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because so like, cause like we have we have GTAs that come out like yeah it's another GTA but this was like the feature presentation yeah and it makes yeah. you care it was like one of the first like uh, um Rockstar games I've played like cause I've played like GTA I played War the Warriors all that stuff but it was the first one I played where I actually cared about the main character I cared yeah, what dude. happened to this oh, guy man. And it's like, cared about John Marston dude yeah and it's like no matter what we will survive Marston <laughs> if we have to go through every <laughs> single part of the desert we will do this. And it's just, I mean, uh, what really, yeah, one of the first games I probably lost myself in was that. That's and that's one. one cool thing about about um, open world games. There's just there's just two different ways that they can make them. They can have the like you you are a blank slate like in the Elder Scrolls game, or you could have something like uh, like Red Dead Redemption or Tomb Raider, where where you you're, there's a narrative that you're following, but how how you connect the plot points is entirely up to you. And and that, and that's thing that you that you really can't achieve in in these other genres. Like, oh, what's a good example? Like, like, like with, the, with the platformer. Like, yeah, you have, you have the puzzle, but you don't have but you don't have that narrative push or pull. Um, and so, I mean, something like Shadow of the Colossus. It's like your exploration is is as exciting as fighting those colossi in a way, just because the world is such a mystery. And and you 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 chart your own story, but and, and and at the end of the day, 
the open world formula offers itself to these to these vastly different styles but at, at the same yeah. time your your agency is, is really what what pushes them over over, over the edge I think and funny that you say Shadow of the Colossus because that's uh, that's definitely one of the first ones and one of my favorites of all time that has uh, really made me feel immersed. That that in Skyrim, but something about Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, for those who don't know, it's, it was on the PS2. It's a game where it's only boss battles. You got twenty boss battles. You play this boy who comes into this forbidden land. There's not much story, not much exposition, but you have a girl with you on a horse, and you go to this temple, and these spirits say, "Oh, we can help out your girl, but you got to do something for us. You got to go." and destroy these beasts known as the Colossus, the Colossi. And uh, they're like, okay, you know, we'll help you out. And uh, with each one that you kill, it's crazy. It gets crazier. They get bigger. There's new, there's different tactics. So uh, it, it, the world is huge. And, and it's just it was, an enigma. Yeah, and it was just this huge uh, uh, feat for the PS2 because it was a beautiful game. Um, it, it, it was There was no loading whatsoever. The Colossi had a, a lot of fur, a lot of rock, a lot of uh, wood, all the different these elements on them. And uh, the way you would find them is you would hold up your sword, uh, your magic sword, whatever, up to, the, up to the sunlight, and it would point in the direction. You hop on your horse, you head there, you see the Colossi in the distance, and as soon as you approach it, and it takes some time to approach them. Like, I remember uh, the one that really, really uh, got me excited for this game. Um, you go through, I think, three Colossi, and they're pretty cool. But uh, there's one where you dive in the water, and you swim up to this platform, and you see this gigantic bird-looking Colossus. He's made out of rock and earth and, and fur. So you aim your arrow to get his attention. You fire it off. And it hits him, and then his wings slowly flap up. He comes towards you, and I was in in college at this time, and we had we, we were taking turns playing this game, and we had a beautiful surround sound system in our friend's room. So uh, the music is very somber. It flies towards you, and as it gets kind of close, kind of close, you jump, grab on, and then the music just explodes with his orchestra. We were like, oh my god, what is this game? Oh and my it's, God. It's, so, it's so it's so like impactful because the only time the game has music is during the Colossi battles. Otherwise, you just have the ambiance of the world, the wind, yes. the, the forest, oh the water. God. That's it. So when that when that music hits you, it just comes it comes over you like a wave. It's crazy. It's great. Um, and, I'm not and, and lie. Also, there's, a, there's a part of me that wants to get the uh, the Colossi symbol as a tattoo. Oh my God! A friend of mine actually got it on his shoulder. Oh really? Yeah. Which, yeah uh, no which, which, which one? Um, you haven't met him. His name's Corey. He actually has. No, a, I mean, which which Colossus? Oh, yeah, I don't we know. don't care about the friend. Which one? Yeah, like, what the... my friends. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man, he's a good guy. Uh, he makes cheeses in well, his basement. He has, he has like, a cool what? Twitch channel. You should check out his stuff. The Bird Birdmeister or something. Or something <laughs> like that. Very very something specific. Like here, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he has a good Twitch channel. I don't care recall the name, but it's probably pretty good if I remember it. No, he rearranged the letters of his name. It's really cool. But if your friend's listening. Yeah, anyway, really <laughs> you know, I, I don't know exactly which one it was, um, yeah. I, I, but I, I, I couldn't tell you. But uh, actually, what I wanted to say, though, is that the same person who did the music for Shadow of the Colossus also did a lot of, of the music in Godzilla and Gamera films and the music in Gundam Wing. His name is Ko Otani. And I think I think his experience with, with kaiju films definitely showed in the game. It makes each... so much sense now. He's already yeah, used like a, each, each he's used to scoring music like, for like big creatures. Why not score yeah, music yeah. the game that you have to fight a big creature? It <laughs> makes so much sense. 
It's a, and, and, it, and it just gives them this identity that that they, they would have anyway, just because of how, sure. how they move, how they look, where they are located. But there's just that on top of every other element, the music just adds that that last like that cherry of uh, of uh, of depth. And it's but yeah, it's um that that was that was a good one. I got lost in that game too. Well, my uh, for me, it's it's kind of tough because there's multiple different ones but i guess the first one that i really truly found myself getting lost in uh and dave i hope you're ready for this one it's oh boy just kidding it's not zelda <laughs> it's actually pokemon pokemon oh, blue really? was the first open world game that i found myself really oh, getting lost in i didn't even consider that wow, yeah I totally not a lot didn't of people realize that was an open world game until you just yeah. mentioned it Oh, yeah, uh, you know, you just gotta <laughs> ah, stay relevant and everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that was truly the one, and and for really going into the to the to the deep reasons why you can listen to our previous Pokemon podcast where we kind of go into that a little bit more because we are running short on time. Uh, but honorable mentions for me goes to I agree with Dave completely. Red Dead Redemption, but City of Heroes. Oh my god, Sea of Heroes. Love that game. What a fucking fantastic game. Talk about a game that hits all the right nerves with me. It is just just great. Like it was all about like being a superhero and making yourself as a superhero and teaming up with your buddies and just you know doing some door missions. And the most important thing about City of Heroes were the costume contests. And you no matter what you were doing. No matter what you were fighting or how close it was to being dead, if someone said costume contest at Atlas Park, you were fucking there. And you saw the most beautiful and the craziest combinations you never dreamed possible, which were great. Um, so you're saying, like, actually in the game itself, people would, like, do a costume yeah. contest to see what they. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Dude, those were so good. Because yeah, the was... game was so highly customizable that yeah. like people would just hold costume contests. Usually, like a higher level player, and then like, whoever won would get like I don't know, like uh, I forgot. Oh, what, what were they giving out? Like they would uh, give out like money, like like um, in game yeah, currency. Because like, at the point when you got to end cap, like you didn't use it anymore, and you just accrued so much of it that it was just useless. So they it was mostly they would give you uh, in game currency, and I. Th- think they gave you some other things too oh they gave you like uh temporary buffs for like participating and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it was so cool because yeah. you just like line up in like the central hub where all the noobs zoned where, where they like all like spawned in and they would just go around they'd look at you and they would look at you and they'd, go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they'd be like you come over here you come over here oh that was great here. everyone would line up and then they had the guy go up and down mm-hmm, you and it's so yeah. cool you can see like the like the, the dude who's like judging character like turn towards you walking the line turn towards <laughs> so good. like mmo players are great yeah it was, it was such a great game nothing but fond memories i remember spending many a night until the sun came up playing that game Yes, it's so which sad was what happened awesome. to it, Ugh. dude. Did just well, uh, just the character customization alone. I mean, you can literally spend like two hours just creating your character, and like once you get more pieces and outfits and stuff, you can really make your own superhero. It became such a huge <laughs> thing that people could actually make actual superheroes. Yeah. Like my like my buddy, uh, he actually made Colossus, and he made it look like that. And it got to a point where Marvel sent a thing to Cryptic Studios, uh, you know, saying, "Hey." Like, you have to change some of this stuff. People are making 
our characters we have trademark and stuff and everything so people who had characters like my, my, my buddy was sent an email and his character was respect so all those pieces were taken off his character yeah and, he, and uh, he was given a free respect and he was told that you have to change it due to copyright infringement and stuff and i was like whoa that's crazy because marvel started going after them yeah, there's a lot of like a lot of Wolverines running around, a lot of holes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just that in depth and that and that customizable. Oh my Remember god! Remember when the Iron I, Man I movie so... came out and there's just a bunch of Iron Mans flying around? Dude, oh my... <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I would what so do my best to try and make like Powder Toast Man from Man and Stimpy as my hero. Flies oh, around upside down, could, like in the wrong like wrong way possible, or yeah. or like a guy in like clad leather and call him like Gimp Man. And he oh, fights with, like, totally sex make. toys and whatnot. Like, you totally make that. Oh, um, my God. Like, I goes to a dark, dark creep in that game, too. How, like, when you first start out, you're like, oh, I want to fly. And you have hover, and you just, like, fly at the speed of a snail. And you're like, I'm flying. Yeah. <laughs> the, Until uh, the, you actually, like, earn your right to fly. <laughs> the only game that has come through that that touches that very briefly is Champions Online. And it's just not yeah, the same, which it's is unfortunate. Not the same. Something about it feels hollow. I mean, yeah. I never got really into City of Heroes, but I, 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 I at least could get like passionate at, about about certain elements about its narrative too. They even had like a comic series. Yeah. But uh, but Champions, I don't know. Something something about it just felt forced. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was it was probably made as a response to, you know, City Heroes going under and then closing, and it's a shame because Champions does have the better customization options. Yeah, but it's just like the art style doesn't mesh well, and I don't know. It was just it was just off, which is unfortunate because I really but, wanted to like it. Yeah, the, the comment system wasn't bad. Like, it, oh yeah, it was, no, it was, it was great. It was yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I made a Red Hood looking kind of character that had Spider Man swing. It was nice. Awesome. I had a um a cyborg from Teen Titans looking dude. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. The the I'm other cool character. <laughs> the other cool character that I made uh, was a character called Tankbot, and it was mm. a giant robot, and it was like yellow with some white and like construction colors, right? Yellow, yeah. white, and some dark gray. And his he was a tank, obviously. So what his spec was is it was kind of like the Hulk powers in Rage. The more hits, the more damage I got, like taken on my character, the larger I got, and I just got bigger. And bigger and bigger. <laughs> and I had this giant mech broadsword. And I just got bigger. But got to a point where you don't realize you're getting bigger as you're doing it. But I looked over at some of the guys like I was playing with. And they were, they were like tiny. They were like... It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so great. I also made, made, made a tech dude that can like like shoot... Um, oh, man. I remember he shot projectiles and he had eye lasers. But I made him look like the Iron Giant. Yeah, because like I figured out that you can like you can like squash and stretch certain pieces. I'm like, wait, if I squash this piece, a tech piece enough, it looks like robot legs. I was like, oh my gosh! I started building it, getting it together, and I made like the Iron Giant. And I and I got oh man, I was um I was like like top ten in this uh, this costume contest uh, one night. Like it was like oh a costume contest happening over here and uh, like Nerva Archipelago or whatever whatnot. I was like, hey, make it, it's making it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um. Speaking of so good, it is just over an hour into the podcast which everyone knows what that means I just died in your <laughs> it's karaoke time yeah, yeah. everybody it pick is... a favorite song and start busting it up hungry eyes really I thought you would have gone wanted dead or alive based on your choice Dave you know uh, I should have gone with that but you know I was or to... Careless Whisper by George Michael oh. <laughs> <laughs> or so 
Secret question time, guys. <laughs> so, do I get a jingle? I want a jingle. Secret question time. Secret question time. I love it. Um, so, during this podcast, not only do we go off on tangents and things to get out of the way, but we talked about open world games and our really our first hooray into it that we really lost ourselves in and couldn't break away. Um, I want to kind of bring it a little more up to speed, a little more current. I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite open world game that was released within the past 12 months? And we're going to start off with Sergio. The Division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my God. Like, I can't, I can't stop playing this game. It's, uh, man, last 12 months. It's really hard because a lot of games came out. A lot of games came out. I really like Far Cry Primal. And I like Far Cry Primal because uh, a lot of the other Far Cries had something in common. They had modern-day weapons. Far Cry Primal, if you've ever played a survival game, you know that it's up to your skills and these weapons, these non-bullet, non-ammunition weapons... To get yourself through every situation, every bloody fight, every yeah. over any mountain and everything. And in Far Cry Primal, you've got a bow, you've got a spear, and you've got your skills. It's and like, have at it. Yeah. And you can throw anything. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll get with Sergio on that. Like, um, me and Sergio were going to hang out, and he's like, hey, play Far, Far Cry Primal. And I was like, oh, no, it's my thing. And he's like, just play it. So... I'm playing it, starting my character. I'm like, ah, it's not bad. And then, like, hour and a half later, I realized, oh, my God, I'm still playing this game. Yeah. I learned how to make fire. I made a weapon. I have made fire! <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm saving my money for the Division, but, damn it, I should buy this now. And it's like, good, d- God damn it. It was just, from someone who didn't want to really play it and then started playing and got hooked from the moment, it's like, I'm a caveman. And, yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> Caveman. It was really good, but uh, but now you jump into the division. It has guns and stuff, but it's done so well, and it's such a buddy game. Like it's a different game when you play by yourself, but this game was meant for you and your friends to save New York. You know, like so so a virus broke out. Um, you know, it was it seems like it was engineered and then put on currency on U.S. dollars, um, and then uh, through Black Friday, it was spread throughout uh, New York and we think the rest of the U.S. So you're the division, like a, a sleeper cell of. I I'm, I, get, I assume ordinary people who answer the call and are activated and are like, all right, it's time to get to work, time to restore everything back to normal. So it's kind of like a modern day Mad Max too. You have all these different factions you go up against, like the Flamers, Rikers. Um, it's it's absolutely an incredible game to play, and the the, the mechanics are tight. The the cover system. Oh man, this cover system is great. This cover system is what Gears of War wanted to do. Mm. You know, because I remember like uh, playing Gears of War, and it's like, oh, you know, uh, this is cool, but this cover system is kind of clunky. I don't know if anyone remembers, but this, oh, God. And just going through every main mission is a big set piece. Side missions are set pieces. And even some of the, the smaller things, which are called encounters, these little things you activate, and, you know, you get swarms of enemies that come in and everything. You got to defend a person who's activating a computer. Even those have huge set pieces. And it's a really enjoyable game. So the, the division for me, I'd say. Don't forget the Dark Zone. The most like stressful part oh, of the game you can play. Oh the, the dark zone. <laughs> um, Amber, what about you? That's a tricky one, as always, because <laughs> as you guys know, I'm not the biggest gamer, at least these days. Um, I mean, I only really played a couple of games within the past year, uh, and the only open world game I played was <laughs> Vampire: The Masquerade. But as far as uh, recent games go, <laughs> I had a ton of fun watching my roommate play uh metal gear phantom pain 
Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was just like it was so like, just the amount of of ways you can go about taking out a base and and how uh, non-linear the narrative was. I mean, I, I had my complaints with, about, about certain certain elements here and there, but but it was just so neat ha- seeing like each of the different kinds of endings. How like there was there was like I think like I think I saw at least five different ending credits, oh, just for different story paths. And uh, and and the game starts out where, where he was being very stealthy. Then by the time he uh, he leveled up all his gear and he was just so overpowered, he was able to just be like a thunder god and like use his bionic <laughs> arm to rain lightning from the sky. <laughs> and it was it was just uh, so interesting to see like such a, a drastic change of uh, of I guess a style in a game so 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 quickly. I guess not so quickly, so uh, gradually actually because sure. it, it took forever to get there. But you go from being like stealthy to being a goddamn god. <laughs> it was neat. Yeah. Uh, Dave, my friend. The Adventures of Jenna Jameson. Um, just be. I said. No. I said released within the past 12, 12 months. That's a game. That's actually a game. I was just making it up. Oh my god. Um, it's a. See, mine's a remake of a game that came out a while ago, and even the remake didn't come back twelve months ago. Does it still count, maybe? Depending on the game? Huh? 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 No. 12 months. Go. I, I have nothing in the past 12 <laughs> months. Other than Division, which is fun. Nothing in the past 12 months. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And I did... I have Fallout. I do like Fallout a lot. But... Not... Like, the... I was gonna say, um, The Last of Us. Just cause... I mean, it's not technically open world, but some of the stuff you can do with it is open world-esque, and... That just because it makes me care about the character. Well, I mean, Last of Us wins any award or any <laughs> in top of line of Yeah, anything. but also, like, I thought you were enjoying Fallout. And that oh, I did. Out. I was enjoying Fallout. It's a fun game, but I don't care about the character. If I, the only thing I care uh, about is the dog. That's about it. Maybe you know what yeah, I mean. Like me too, yeah. the dog, yeah, I care about. about it. That that's it. Like the other people in the game, they could get killed, happen, whatever. But the but the Last of Us, it's an enjoyable game. I'm not saying it's not an enjoyable game. But The Last of Us makes me care about the characters. It makes me want to get Ellie across the country to do what we have to do. You know, it makes me want to make the character survive. And not only that, it gives me it gave me heart attacks playing that game. Like when you have to hide from a clicker, or like yeah. you're surrounded yeah. by the infected and you not have enough to kill each and every single one of them. So you have to like maneuver your way out. And then when they hear you, the run you have to do to escape, like. It just makes me care. And Fallout does have its moments where it's like, holy shit. Like when you walk into, um, you walk into like a town, you accidentally like piss off a bunch of like these zombies and they just start running at you. It's like, oh fuck, I'm going to die. But it's only like, oh, I'm going to fucking die. But I'll start from a checkpoint where it's like in the last of it, it's like, I'm going to die. And then Ellie's next or then she's going to die. And you know, it's like, it makes me care about seeing them survive. You don't put them into much, or at least I didn't put them into much more danger than I needed to. To see the character survive, yeah, and the name fact that Ellie is the same nickname we have for my niece, so that's the other thing that kind of got me to it. So nice uh, for me, it's Rise of the Tomb Raider. Nice, it, it, it's one of those fucking games that's just like gorgeous, like everything about it—not just the landscapes and not just the environment, but like those cutscenes where you look at Lara and the facial animations. They put so much work into her that everyone else looks like crap comparison, and even in the same scene, which can be a little bit jarring. Uh, but it's great. It's a lot of fun to play. Like I get these guns, but I just want to use bow and arrow all the time. 
the oh, puzzles. Yeah. It's, uh, it's oh, so yeah. satisfying using, and that's where I like Far Cry Primal because you get that, that oh, bow yeah. and arrow. And even in the first uh, um, definitive edition of Tomb Raider, uh, of the modern Tomb Raiders that came out, yeah, using that bow is so satisfying. Like getting a shot from that, it feels it feels more satisfying. And I think it's because it uses more skill than using like an AK forty seven. Oh, sure. You know, yes. I mean, it, and it, using an AK in the game is great and it's a lot of fun. But getting a bow and getting a headshot with that, oh man! Not only doesn't not only does it involve like more skill, but also like how, what you get with that. Like I love doing headshots in that game with the bow and arrow because the sound it makes is like. <laughs> And the guys drop, <laughs> but being able to retrieve that same arrow oh, is a fantastic yeah. feeling. It's like this killed a man, and it's going to kill the next man, and the next, <laughs> and the next. And I mean, I mean, I didn't play a Rise of Tomb Raider. I'm just playing the Definitive Edition right now, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not. We have PlayStation. It's not on that, so they need to hurry up. I know. And release I know. It. It's gonna happen. Release it on but, the um, PS4, guys. Because not everybody edition, has an Xbox. In a definitive edition, they do animate ways she dies, and some of them are really horrible. Is it the yeah. same in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider? They're not as bad. I mean, not that I died a lot in it, because, like, you know, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> First of all, I just want to see what would happen. Right? Uh, That's they're, why. They're honestly not yeah, that I bad. Always, I, always uh, felt, like, I always felt a little uneasy whenever, whenever she yeah. died. <laughs> and I was in playing definitive the, uh, edition, re- it was terrible. Yeah. Like, the, when Conan played it on Clueless Gamer, like, that was oh, the worst one down the river rapids. Yeah. That was like, uh, no, I died oh, so many times yeah. in that. It was, like, so rough. Yeah, now, some I, were, I, some I did that by accident, that. not by a purpose. When I'm like, we're going down the river, and all of a sudden you have to like shoot that um that barricade with a shotgun. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? Let me not shoot it. Let me see what happens. And the pipe goes through her face. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm not letting this happen ever again. This yeah. was a terrible mistake. I can't tell if they like toned it down for Rise of the Tomb Raider, or if I'm just like, I expect it now. So I'm like desensitized. Yeah, that's what I think. Um. And another thing, too, really quickly about, and after that, we got to wrap it up, uh, about Far Cry Primal, we didn't get to talk about it too, too much, but I love how it uses the environment to your advantage. So if you have to take down an outpost, and you really scope out the environment. You see where everyone is with the owl AV, pretty much, and you go through, and you're like, all right, cool, 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 and then you see like a, like a couple cages with animals in them. You gotta open those first. Bow and arrow, both of those. You don't have to do anything. You just sit there and drink some hot chocolate because you've you've cleared that out with one arrow. <laughs> it's do fucking the animals great. have a permadeath in that game? Do the animals? No, no. You can bring them back. Okay. It, it cool. Provided you have the correct herbs and spices. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no. You, they can, you can totally bring anything back, which was interesting to me because I I thought that was kind of took away from the whole point of uh, collecting multiple pets. Because I would have liked it if it was if it was permadeath. Although I say I would have liked it, but I bet you I really wouldn't. I'd be like this is bullshit and get pissed off. <laughs> you, you say it now, just be- <laughs> yeah. I say one thing, but I mean the complete other, really. So um, do you ride horses in that game at all or no? What was that? Dave? Do you ride horses in that game or at, or no? And Far Cry Primal, not horses, but well, you do ride some, other animals though. Yeah, saber tooth yeah. tigers, mammoths. I don't uh, even think there were any horses back in that era. I don't think. No, nah, no. Nah. They had badgers yeah. though. Don't worry about that. Big ass badgers. Honey badgers. Hey, the honey badgers. They got honey badgers. <laughs> it's so stupid. All honey right, badgers so don't care. On that note, take us home. My goodness. Well, we get to talk about Far Cry Primal. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's all we have today for the Bad Kitty Funky issue number 41 podcast talking about open world gaming. Tune in with us every Thursday night on twitch.tv slash Bad Cody Funky at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Also, tune in on iTunes and for you Android users on SoundCloud 
For this episode of the Bad Kitty Funky Podcast, it's been Booster Greg. What up? Dave the Beard Menace. Boom! <laughs> you did everything. Adam Bomb Amber. Ha! <laughs> I'll fix that. I'll make it more, make more sense. <laughs> no, I'm Sergio. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Bad Kitty Funky Podcast. iTunes, SoundCloud, every Thursday night, 9.30 on Twins.tv. Join us for gaming. Also, weeknights at 8 p.m. on Twins.tv. We'll see you guys later, or we'll see you another time. Or never. Or we'll see you never. Honey badges don't care.